0: Before we begin this episode, I would like to give a content slash trigger warning. We will be talking about residential schools and the physical and sexual abuse that comes along with it. Please be advised when listening, and we understand if you want to opt out of this episode because of it. Thanks. Thanks. Welcome back to Open to Discussion. I'm your host, Aisley. And I'm Gwen. And this week, we're going to do our check-in as normal. And then we're going to answer a listener that had a question. We're going to talk about residential schools. This is part three in our series about Indigenous peoples of Canada. And we'll finish up with our quote of the day. So, yeah, that's the podcast for for this week hmm, so I guess we'll just get right into check-ins. How are you doing,
1: Gwen? I'm good. I've missed you. I know we it's been hectic for us the last two weeks. We week got yeah. it. Um, Almost two weeks, I
0: feel well now, yeah, two weeks, I guess. Yeah, we haven't been able to sit down and record because at our usual time either I've been busy or Gwen's been busy and our Things have just been a
1: little bit hectic, but
0: here yeah. we are.
1: Here we are. I'm excited to be here. Um, I feel like I had my check-in with you before, but I'll, I'll do a mini recap, I guess, for, for the highlights. Um, we're just creeping up school-wise into some – the finals. Um, exciting. Um, a lot of the – finals the content I'm really excited to be learning about and like researching and kind of like it's like here you learn stuff and then here go learn more and connect the two and I think that's fun um it's just it takes a long time and it's exciting um so school has been pretty busy um life has been pretty good I feel like I've had such a boring, like, it's been go, go, go. Like, every waking minute, there's something to do. Um, And this weekend, I think, will be the first weekend in a long time uh, that I think Sunday is going to be pretty busy for Gwen. But Saturday morning, I think I'm going to just take some time to chill. (laughs) And yeah. Oh, Aisley, I forgot to tell you this. Oh, no, okay. what? no an exciting part of my check-in okay so last weekend was it on the weekend i don't know we we it was super busy we went and did a bunch of things and ak needed to get new work boots and so right next to the place where ak gets his work boots is a lint chocolate shop and i was like oh well he gets his boots i will seek out Gwen chocolate <laughs> And so I peeked my head through the door and they like have it like COVID friendly, like barricaded off. And the lady's like, hi, what are you looking for? And I'm like, hi, I just want to see if you guys have any vegan chocolates and like the little circle balls. And she's like, um, no, we have no vegan chocolates here. I'm like, Oh, sorry. You're saying you have no vegan chocolates. And she's like, that's correct. We have no vegan chocolates here. Okay. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, fine. Maybe not vegan, just like dairy free. And she's like, I'm sorry, we can't provide any dairy free chocolates. Okay. Like, like, I'm like, is this a prank right now? Like, I don't understand because I literally have like milk free chocolates that I would consider vegan. And from my understanding are vegan, but they're just not saying we are vegan. And so it's just like, okay, so you're telling me you have no dairy free chocolate. She's like, no, we cannot confirm that anything is dairy-free in this store or vegan. There's cross-contaminations that are made in the same facility. I'm like, I, I do understand that. Like cross-contamination is a risk. Like I'm just looking for something that doesn't specifically have like vegan, like just animal products in it. And she's like, mm. and then her coworker was like, oh, what is she looking for? And she's like, ah, uh, she's vegan. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what's happening here. But like I'm, I have cramps. I would like chocolate. I'm not dealing with this anymore. So I'm just like, okay. Literally turned around and left. Went into AK. Went into AK. <laughs> went into the boot store to see AK. I'm like, hi, and he's like, what? I'm like, the lady was mean to me, and he was like, what do you mean? And then I told him the whole story, and I was like, uh, like she's vegan. We don't have vegan chocolate. It's me. And I was like, he's like, okay, well, I we know there's chocolates there that you can eat and are comfortable eating that are dairy free. They're just made in the same facility. And I was like, yeah, but like, I just don't want to deal with it. And he's like, no, I'm going to get you chocolates. I'm like, no, I don't like confrontation. Like, let me wait in the car. And he was like, okay. So I waited in the car. um, And I'm like, literally 10 minutes later, he came out with a big chocolate. I was like, my hero. So they did have some. Oh my God. Yeah. They have quite a significant amount.
0: Hmm.
1: And he was like, yeah, the first lady was super rude, but then there was a, um, a blonde lady that was really nice and really helpful. And I was like, did they know you were with me? And he was like, I don't care. Like, like if if they want my money, they're going to like, let me read the ingredients list. So that was funny. Which store was that? The Lint chocolate store on like Saint Laurent mm. next to Plato's Closet. Oh, okay. I In didn't between. know that there was a store.
0: A Lindt chocolate yeah. store right by there.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So chocolate. <laughs> uh, so that's I don't know. It was just so weird. That lady was just, it really grinded my gears. And that's is something I wanted to tell you about, but I forgot, Maybe. but now I did. And now the listeners know. Maybe she was having a bad day. No, she was straight up like, like, you know, those people that like, are like really good at acting and they're like, mm, honey, no, like, no, like so condescending and like, like trying to be nice, Karen, but like a total bitch. Yeah. So just like that, I'm like, I don't even understand what's happening, lady. Like, just I'm like, oh, okay, because that's interesting. I'm like, I have chocolate from you guys, and I like often buy chocolate here. And she's like, mm, that's too bad. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> so,
0: well, don't don't go buy chocolate from there anymore.
1: Yeah, or just not when she's around. Anyways, I'm not, I'm not the type of person to leave like bad reviews, but I was very tempted.
0: (laughs) Uh, I don't think I, I don't really leave reviews very often to anything really. Mm. Sometimes if someone explicitly asks me and I like, I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, I guess if I was happy with it, then I will.
1: Yeah. But that, that, that was literally the highlight of my week. Oh, also, but I told you this, it, what, Gwen, me, hello. Um, I had a super fun group project I worked on with some super fun, cool peers. And we presented in front of the class and it was really well received. And it was fun watching other group projects. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It, it's This week has been draining, but like really fueling. Mm. That's a contradiction, but I'll leave you with that easily over to you. How are you doing? <laughs> Sounding like
0: the weather. Yeah. Literally. Or the news. Um, I'm doing good. Uh, it's been a very busy couple weeks. It's kind of just the last two weeks have kind of blurred together. Usually when we record the podcast, it's on a Friday and mm-hmm. it kind of like, it's a specific marker of the ending of my like week.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So, but it's been very busy. Um, Adam and I are moving. So there's that. And -hmm. that kind of happened suddenly. So we're just getting all that dealt with real quick. And after this, I'll probably start packing. But we're excited. We're moving to a new spot, which we really like. And it's kind of exciting to just have a new adventure. Yeah, it's a little bit of stressful timing with school and like December end of year things, but uh, it'll be a good change for us. So I'm, I'm happy about that. But really nothing, nothing too interesting has been happening in my life. Other than that, I guess I've been watching a lot of Netflix, YouTube. Um, I watched The Queen's Gambit. Which I know Ooh. has been really popular. It's did you have you seen it?
1: I have not, but it's very, very, very good. Can you like, without spoilers, can you like briefly sell Explain it to it me? To Why you? do I want to watch it?
0: Ooh, I'm really bad at this stuff. <laughs> um so essentially. Hmm. It's like it's about chess, right? But it, it takes a very feminist perspective but not really in an overbearing way it's just like there's this young girl she's kind of a genius at the time it's like women don't really play chess and mm-hmm. just the circumstances she's in are kind of against her she's also kind of a crass little girl like she doesn't mm-hmm. have like for the times you know typically girls are taught to be like prim and proper and she's kind of a bit more like rough around the edges um and it's a limit it's not like you can binge that show in a day if you have the time i think i got through it in like two or three days um but it's it's just really well done the acting's very good in my opinion and the way they tell the story is just very uh it like pulls you in i'm really bad for watching something and even if i enjoy it i will be on my phone or, like, on mm. my computer as well. So it made me want to not be. Like, it made me want to really pay attention. So that, for me, like, is the marker of, like, a good show.
1: Mm. Well, a compelling argument there. Yeah. But I, I saw the little, like, teaser with her doing math. Is that Am I thinking of the right one? It's her doing math. With her doing math. Maybe. As like, a young kid. Maybe
0: I don't don't know if (laughs) she was doing that. Uh,
1: And then I was like, "Ooh, this looks good." But like, we've got a lot of TV shows. Anyway, sorry. Yes. So you finished the Queen's Gambit?
0: Yeah, I watched that. I we finished Schitt's Creek. I'm pretty sad. I love that show so much. It's so good. So good. Um. Yeah, I don't. I started watching Hannibal again. I've already watched it. I think I've watched it twice, actually. So I started re-watching that, but I was just kind of like, I don't really feel like re-watching anything. Um, a new season of Big Mouth is coming out. So obviously I'm excited for that.
1: Yes. Um, Wait, January, January something, 4th? 4th. Okay. Or
0: December 4th. I thought it was December 4th. I think it's December 4th that it's coming out. So obviously That's- we'll be watching that. Yeah um but yeah if anyone has any good suggestions i'm really picky about shows to be honest so but i'm still open to suggestions Hmm. and maybe i'll watch the queen's gambit again to be honest i, I need while i'm packing for the next couple of days I'll, I'll need things in the background So Mm -hmm. I'll probably, to be honest, listen to more podcasts than anything. I've been listening to um, Canadian True Crime.
1: Oh, I've heard that's good. It's really good.
0: Actually, kind of topical to what we're talking about today. Um, I'll I'll try to wrap up so we can like move this along. this is a long introduction. Um, But... What were we just talking about? Oh my
1: gosh. The Canadian a, true crime. Yeah. Canadian to true crime.
0: Yeah. Um, I was watching to I was listening to an episode this morning and it was about, uh, let me actually find what case it was. Um, but it was about an a Nook woman who unfortunately was murdered. Um, mm. But it was really well done, and it was actually it was it was in Canada. It's called Canadian True Crime, so I mean, it's a Canadian podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm having trouble finding. Take your time. The... I will play
1: elevator music. Oh, perfect. Just... Do 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 <laughs> do do. <laughs> but it's like the elevator that brings you like to Willy Wonka's layer, not layer, hmm. layer. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. I mean, depending
0: on how you look at Willy Wonka, like depending on the context, you could like look at that and be like, "That's kind <clears> of <throat> a not wrong." Thing. Um,
1: oh uh, I'll take this. I've time listened too. to so many,
0: so that's part of the problem.
1: <laughs> oh no! I mean, that's good though. It means it's like captivating, engaging. The murder of Loretta
0: Saunders by the Canadian True Crime Podcast. Um, it's very good. I would encourage you to go listen to that. But anyway, we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> um, so the someone sent in a question. And they want to know what content we will be doing in December. So mm-hmm. we have a bit of an announcement. So,
1: Gwen, do you want to share the announcement? Yeah. Announcement, announcement, breaking news. <laughs> what accent did I just try to do? Okay. So um, thank you for uh, having that perfect bridge listener without even knowing it. Uh, But we're going to be taking a little bit of break. We're going to be taking a little bit of a break. Um, After this episode, there's going to be two more. And then we're going to be taking some time for ourselves, self-care, you know, Uh, And then we're going to be starting up January 11th again. And then that's when our second season, it's called season, right? Um,
0: Yeah, second season.
1: Our second season uh, will
0: begin. Uh So I believe we're we're stopping on the 28th. There'll be no podcast on the 28th, I guess, right? Yes. 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 There'll be no podcast on the... December 28th. December twenty eighth, and then yeah, we'll be starting up again. So there'll be just two weeks of podcastlessness. Hmm. Hopefully, it'll give people time to miss us. Want more? So we're
1: we're the last podcast will come out the twenty first.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, and then the twenty eighth, there'll be none. So I guess three weeks of no podcasts, right? either when way was it the 14th w- no we'll, we'll clarify with you next time well yeah. um we, we won't figure it out here but either way we'll we'll be taking a bit of a break near the end of december and then coming back like early january mid-january
1: early january yeah, the 11th yeah so that's that but what type of content we have for the next two podcasts plural um so we're gonna be we're gonna have one episode that is like winter holiday themed um where we're gonna be talking a little bit about some different um celebration holidays yeah celebrations um uh, that happen, December. yeah and over the winter uh as kind of like our christmas plus episode because Christmas isn't for everyone. Holiday special. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, we did, what, Go
1: ahead. I was going to say we
0: discussed having like Christmas theme, but it just kind of seemed silly when there's so many other uh, celebrations that there are. Plus, honestly, to be honest, I'm not feeling very Christmassy this year. I know a lot of people have been really on it this year though like it's been a shitty year so they're getting their Christmas tree up the day after Halloween they their lights are up like I'm seeing a lot of a lot more decorations this year than I have in previous and like hey all the power to you if you're embracing the holidays this year that's just not me
1: <laughs> yeah I'm loving seeing the festivities. Mm-hmm. but
0: I've definitely heard from people as well that they're like
1: not feeling it
0: and all the people who are really loving it it's kind of like oh, I just don't connect with that so mm-hmm. you know we'll have another episode that's just kind of probably like a fun chillax yeah. version
1: it'll be a surprise to you yeah. and to us at the moment
0: <laughs> yeah I yeah
1: but mm-hmm. that's your update
0: So now to the main part of the podcast. Yes. And this will be the, oh, you already said that. Yes. The third part. The third part. Okay. We can say it again, just as a reminder, if you haven't um, heard the others, if you haven't heard the others, then I would strongly encourage you to listen to that because those are also important. Yeah. Um, and we appreciate the people who have listened to it. I, to be honest, I wasn't
1: super sure how it would be received.
0: Exactly. Like how many people would be interested in listening, um, to this topic, which I mean, ideally lots of people, but the reality is people are people. (laughs) Um, and yeah, they, they did pretty well. So if you haven't listened to the part one and part two, then we would encourage you to do so. Part one was on culture, Mm -hmm. part two was on history, and then part three is on residential schools. Um, That's something that played a big role, unfortunately, in a lot of Indigenous people's lives in Canada. So we're going to discuss what that looked like, what that was today.
1: Yeah. And before we get into it, if there's um, another, like, I think this is like, probably our first mini series within a series. Yeah. Um, and if there's a, another topic, um, and it doesn't need to be like within a social context, it can be anything. If there's anything that you guys want to hear that could be made into a series, let us know. Um, we were really curious about what you guys want to hear, what type of content and topics. Um, and you can always email us at open to discussion podcast at gmail.com. Or DM us on Instagram at Open to Discussion Pod on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: yeah, exactly. Um, just before we start, as well, I do want to say this information is coming from the Canadian Encyclopedia, um, and we will include the link to all this information in yeah. the um, Description. show notes. Show notes. Yeah. Um, that's what other podcasters call it. So I'm assuming that's what it's called, but nowhere when I like upload and write the descriptions, (laughs) does it say show notes. So
1: I've always read it as description. That's what it like is
0: exactly. It it is called description, but like people refer to it as show notes. So
1: then I shall do that too. It will be in the show notes (laughs) if you want to reference it.
0: Um, and in the other episodes that, of this series, part one and two, there's also other various links and um, like good resources. So I would also encourage you if you've already listened to those episodes and haven't accessed those to do that as well.
1: Mm-hmm. But let's
0: let's get into this. Yes. Um, we're going to take turns reading um, parts of it and then, yeah we'll work through a timeline of residential histories yeah or residential schools not resident the history the of history residential of res- schools
1: I got you I didn't even notice that they didn't come out right because I was like yeah <laughs> makes sense um so shall I start us off and then
0: sure do you want to read we'll the line
1: first blurb up there
0: yeah sure so uh, residential schools were established by Christian churches and the federal government to assimilate Indigenous children into Euro Canadian society. Uh, if you don't know what assimilate means, just in case, it's a word that means um, basically to uh, like, me- not mesh, to bring Indigenous people into like Euro Canadian, as they say culture, but in a way that is like, here's our culture. Now take over our culture and practice this culture as well. Like you don't have your own culture anymore. You're Mm -hmm. here now. Well, you were here before, but we're here now. So do as we do and not as you do essentially.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's get started. On... January 1st, 1620, uh, mission schools for Indigenous children were established. Um, so then for more than 200 years from the early 1600s to the 1800s, religious orders, run uh, religious orders, run mission schools for Indigenous children. The precursors precursors um, to the government of Canada's residential school system so this was like the bu- the building block that's not the word I want to use that building block sounds so this was the beginning. foundation the beginning yeah oh we're doing two at a time I understand mm-hmm. okay um, January 1st 1831 Mohawk uh, institute begin, begins to accept borders. Run by the Anglican Church, the Mohawk Institute in Brandt, Ford? Brantford, Brandford, Upper Canada, Ontario, becomes the first school in Canada's residential school system. At first, the school only admits boys, and then in 1834, girls were also admitted. So
0: on March 20th, 1845, we're talking about the Bagot Report. The Bagot Commission, from 1842 to 1844, report is presented to the Legislative Assembly. It proposes that separating Indigenous children from their parents is the best way to assimilate them into Euro-Canadian culture. The Commission also recommends that the Mohawk Institute be considered a model for other industrial schools.
1: Also, can I just interject? Yeah, um, for sure. If you haven't listened to our other podcasts, and if our introduction of this wasn't clear, we obviously do not agree with what had happened. Like, I want to make that incredibly clear while we're reading this. This is, we're just reading what happened. Um,
0: yeah, we'll talk about, like, more of our impressions at the end.
1: Yeah, but I think it's important before we start reading all of this, like, so that people aren't like, oh, they agreed with it. Like, no. So on June 10th,
0: 1857, um, there was the Gradual Civilization Act. The Gradual Civilization Act requires male status Indians and Métis over the age of 21 to read, write, and speak either English or French and to choose a government approved surname. It awards 50 acres of land to any sufficiently advanced, sufficiently advanced in quotations, indigenous male and in return removes any tribal affiliation or treaty rights. Um, at, in, I believe, part two of the series, we talked also about how
1: mm-hmm.
0: the s- your surname is your last name, and so obviously they would have their own Indigenous last names. Those were to be changed to English or French-sounding last names.
1: hmm and then in March, sorry, I almost hit my mic. And then in March 29th, 1867, um, there, we're going to be talking about federal, federal responsibility under the Constitution Act, and then in brackets, British North American Act, bracket, the federal government takes authority over First Nations and land reserves for First Nations. This authority would later extend to education of status Indians. And then in April April 12, 1876, the Indian Act is introduced. The Act aims to eradicate First Nations culture in favor of assimilation into Euro-Canadian society. July first, eighteen 1883,
0: residential schools were authorized. Based on the recommendations of Davin Report, Sir John A. Macdonald authorizes the creation of the residential school system designed to isolate Indigenous children from their families and cut all ties to their culture. April 19, 1884, creation of residential schools. Amendments to the Indian Act of 1876 provide for the creation of Indian residential schools. Funded and operated by the Government of Canada and Roman Catholic, Anglican, Methodist, Presbyterian, and United Churches.
1: January 1st, 1896, um, there was a growing number of residential schools. The resident, the number of schools across Canada quickly climbed over 40. Each school was approved by their, with an allowance per student, sorry, <clears throat> um, which led to overcrowding and increase in illness within the institution. November 15th, 1907, um health at residential schools um so kind of linked to the last point after visiting 35 residential schools Dr. Peter Henderson Bryce chief medical office officer for Canada's Department of the Interior and Interior and Indian Affairs reveals that indigenous children were dying at alarming rates with the mortality rate of enrolled students as high as 25%. This number climbed to 69% after students leave schools. Yikes. April 1st, 1920, residential schools become
0: mandatory. Deputy Superintendent General of Indian Affairs, Duncan Campbell Scott, makes attendance at residential school mandatory for every First Nations child between seven and 16 years of age. This policy was also inconsistently applied to Métis and Inuit children. January 1st, 1922, the story of national crime was published. (laughs) Dr. Peter Henderson Bryce publishes the story of a national crime exposing the Canadian government's suppression of information on the health of indigenous peoples. Bryce argues that Duncan Campbell Scott and the Ministry of Indian Affairs neglected Indigenous health needs, and notes a criminal disregard for the treaty pledges.
1: January 1st, 1930, residential school network expands. More than 80 institutions are in operation across Canada, and most, the most at any one time, with an enrollment of over 17,000. Um, January 1st, 1934, Inuit education research conducted by federal government. For the first time, the Canadian government conducts research into Inuit education. L, no, J. Lorne Turner, Director of Lands, Northwest Territories in Yukon Branch, Department of the Interior, urges the government to provide formal education to Inuit children. February 15,
0: 1936. Report of the Royal Commission appointed to investigate the conditions of the Métis population in Alberta. In December 1934, the Alberta government appoints Al- Albert Freeman Ewing to report on Métis living conditions. The report indicates that 80% of Métis children in Alberta receive no education. The report suggests building schools for Métis children. January 1st, 1948, Thunder Child Indian Residential School destroyed. Four students are investigated for arson. Others reportedly cheer as they watch the school burn This was one of dozens of fires set by students as a form of resistance at residential schools across the country.
1: September 4th, 1951, the Sixties Scoop. The Sixties Scoop began after amendments to the Indian Act give province jurisdiction over child welfare on reserves. Over the following decades, more than 20,000 First Nations, Métis, and Inuit children are, in quotes, scooped from their homes and adopted into predominantly non-Indigenous families, leaving many adoptees with a lost sense of cultural identity. January 1st, 1955, residential school system expands in North America. The federal government... Northern Canada. What did I say? North America. North America and Northern Canada. Thank you. Um, Yeah, Northern Canada. The federal government takes over the administration of many church-run residential schools in the North. Over the next decades, six schools open in the Western Arctic.
0: September 1st, 1959. Two residential schools open in Inuvik, Northwest Territories. Grawlier Hall and Stringer Hall open in Inuvik, housing 500 students. The majority of students are Inuvialuit children who were taken from their families. January 1st, 1960, the 60 scoop continued. As residential schools closed, thousands of indigenous children were taken from their families by provincial and federal social workers and placed in foster or adoption homes. Often these homes were non Indigenous, predominantly white. Some children were even placed outside of Canada.
1: I didn't, I did not even know that. Um, October 23rd, 1966. Do you mind helping me? Uh, I think it's Chaney Wenjack. Chaney Wenjack dies. Um, 12 year old Chaney Wenjack dies after escaping the. Cecilia. Cecilia Jeffrey Residential School near Shoal Lake, Ontario. November 17th, 1966. Connors. Coroners. Oh, my God. That's okay. You're doing awesome. (laughs) Okay. Coroners inquest into Charlie Wenjack's death. A coroner's inquest into Charlie Wenjack's death is held. The all-white jury finds that residential school causes tre-
0: tremendous. Sorry, that
1: the that residential schools cause tremendous emotional and psychological problems. They recommend that a study made a study be made of the present Indian education and philosophy. Is it right? That was all in quotes, the last part.
0: January 1st, 1969. Authority for residential schools transferred to government. The Canadian government takes over responsibility for the remaining residential schools from the churches. July 24th, 1976. Il à la Cross residential school closes. After a series of fires in 1964 and 1972, Il a la Crosse residential school permanently closes in 1976. It is replaced by new locally administered schools, the
1: R- Rosignal Elementary and High Schools. January 1st, 1979, 28 residential schools remain. Thousands of Indigenous students are enrolled at the 28 residential schools that were running in Canada at the time. October 30th, 1990. Phil Fronteners? Fronteners? Frontaine's Testimony of abuse at residential schools. Um, Phil Frontaine, head of the Assembly of Manito- Manitoba Chiefs, speaks publicly at the abuse he suffered at Fort Alexander Residential School. He calls for a public inquiry into the schools which the federal government in, initiates in 1991. August 26th, 1991.
0: Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples initiated. In the wake of the Oka crisis, Prime Minister Brian Mulroney initiates the Royal Commission on, Aboriginals people, uh, on Aboriginal Peoples with a mandate to study the evolution of the relationship between Indigenous Peoples, the Government of Canada, and Canadian society as a whole. January 1st, 1996, the last federally operated residential school closes. The last federally run facility, Gordon's Residential School in Punichi Saskatchewan, closes.
1: November 21st, 1996, final report of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples. In the the 1996 report of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples stated that many of the Indian acts measures were oppressive and noted that recognition as Indian in the Canadian law had often nothing to do with whether the person was actually of Indian ancestry. July 1st, 1997,
0: Golier Hall. Grawlier. Grawlier
1: Hall closes. In, okay, yeah, in 1987, the Roman Catholic Church chooses not to renew its contract due to the lack of religious personnel enrollment continues to decline through throughout the 1990s until grow gro, 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 oh, yeah. thank you hall is turned over to the aurora college in the summer of 1977 marking the end of the residential 97 Ni- sorry <laughs> no no thank you it's, thank you for correcting me sometimes i don't even notice okay making the end of the residential school system in North America. September
0: 1st, 2007, Indian Residential Schools Settlement Agreement comes into effect. The Indian Residential Schools Settlement Agreement provides compensation to survivors, including the common experience payment, which is based on the number of years they attended residential school. Claims of sexual and physical abuse are assessed throughout an independent process. The agreement focuses on funding and supporting Indigenous health and healing services and also establishes funds for the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. June 1, 2008. Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada is established. The Canadian government authorizes the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada to document the truth of survivors, families and communities and inform all Canadians about what happened in residential schools. It is funded by the Indian Residential School Settlement Agreement.
1: June 11th, 2008, formal apology to former residential school students. Prime Minister Stephen Harper on behalf of the Canadian on behalf of the Government of Canada, delivers a formal apology in the House of Commons to former students, their families, and communities for Canada's role in the oppression of, operation of residential schools. Provincial and territory, ter- territorial apologies follow in the years ahead. June, oh. is this me? Nope, yeah, it's you, sorry. Okay. I mean, if you want to do it, I'm not complaining, but June 16th, June 16th, 2010. First Nations Truth and Reconciliation event. The Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada hosts its first national event in Winnipeg. Manitoba. Manitoba? Okay, (laughs) my brain glitched. It explores the history of the residential school system, the experience of former students and their families in the impact of such institutions had on indigenous peoples in Canada. Over the next five years, six more events follow in cities around the country with the national closing ceremony in Ottawa. March 27th,
0: 2014 final national truth and reconciliation event the seventh and final national event of the truth and reconciliation commission of canada takes place over 3 days in edmonton in edmonton alberta inviting individuals families and communities to share their experiences at, at residential schools may 26 2014 residential school monument in winnipeg A monument to honor the survivors of residential schools was unveiled in Winnipeg, Manitoba at the Peace Garden outside of the Canadian Museum for Human Rights.
1: June 2nd, 2015, a summary report of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission was released. The Truth and Reconciliation Commission released the summary of its final report on the residential school system and the experience of survivors characterizing Canada's treatment of indigenous peoples as cultural genocide. The report includes 42. Where did I get 42? Okay, 94 calls to action aimed at readdressing the legacy of residential schools and assisting in the process of reconciliation. November 3rd, 2015, National Center for Truth and Reconciliation opens. The National Center for Truth and Reconciliation, a permanent archive of, the, of materials, documents and testimonies on residential schools gathered during the Truth and Reconciliation Commission opens at the University of Manitoba in Winnipeg.
0: December 15th, 2015. Final report of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission was released. The Truth and Reconciliation Commission releases its final report, Honoring the Truth, Reconciling for the Future. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who attended the ceremonial release of the report, commits his government to implementing all of the 94 recommendations set out in the June 2015 summary report. May 30th, 2016. Premier Wynne issues residential schools apology. In response to the recommendations of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, Ontario Premier Kathleen Wynne formally apologizes on behalf of the provincial government for the abuses committed against Indigenous peoples in the residential school system, as well as the oppressive policies and practices supported by past Ontario governments. The province announces a $250 million three-year investment in several initiatives aimed at reconciliation.
1: October 6, 2017. Settlement for 60 Scoop Survivors. The federal government announced a settlement for 800 million with 60 Scoop Survivors. November 24th, 2017. Trudeau issues Newfoundland and Labrador residential school apology. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau apologized to the survivors of residential schools in Newfoundland and Labrador who were excluded from Stephen Harper's apology in 2008 because residential schools were not run by the federal government and were established before Newfoundland joined the Confederation in 1949 survivor Toby Odbed, who was instrumental in the class action lawsuit against the federal government accepts Trudeau's apologies on behalf of his community. However, Gregory Rich, in In a nation grand chief refuses Trudeau's apology on behalf of the Inu Nation, saying it was too narrow. June 3, 2019. Final
0: report of the National Inquiry into Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls released. The final report of the National Inquiry into Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls reveals that persistent and deliberate human rights violations are the source of Canada's staggering rates of violence against Indigenous women, girls, and LGBTQ2S people. The report gives 231 calls for justice to governments, police forces, and institutions. And that marks the end of our timeline so as it stands right now the last thing that was really done at at this point in the residential school system and everything were at the point of the truth and reconciliation act so mainly focusing on reconciliation efforts Mm -hmm. um i think really like there's no amount of money you can give someone to repair that kind of trauma. Yeah. And in the last, um, the final report of the National Inquiry into Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls Release, the last part I just read, um, there's still a lot of unknowns and missing information and um, a lot of research still being done on missing and Uh, murdered indigenous women, um, in Canada. And the podcast I was talking about is about that. Like Mm -hmm. the, the episode, it specifically, um, discusses those, um, issues and efforts, like in regards to those. So,
1: yeah, this is not the end, but it's still evolving and we have a long way to go. Um, when it comes to reconciliation and like oppressive and microaggression towards indigenous communities all across Canada. Uh, but that's is kind of the summary um of the residential school systems uh in Canada. And there's there's so much more. There is like this was not an encompassing uh, what am i trying to say overview but uh if you never heard of because I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people i don't i don't know what the school system is like uh anymore but when i was in school we didn't learn this like throughout high school
0: yeah neither did i
1: and like, I think that is such a huge dis- dis- disservice. Um, and it also continues to perpetuate negative uh, views. Well, was it a TikTok that you sent me the other day? It was. Oh, You want
0: to, like, speak about that t- a little yeah. bit?
1: Um, so I got to love TikTok's algori- algorithm because... Once you engage with one content, you're flooded with that similar content. And so I've been really working on diversifying my feed. And anyways, long story short, um, I saw a TikTok and it was this woman whose school aged daughter, I think she said in grade three, um, got a homework assignment where they needed, where the child needed to go and find from three different sources, three benefits, of the residential school systems in Canada, knowing that um, like the mother and daughter are indigenous themselves. And she was fuming and I was so disgusted that that even happened like today. Um, Yeah, I just, I have no words. And like, that's so disappointing because obviously teachers need to be held accountable. But I think this speaks to a bigger problem of not only the education system, but also like the culture within Canada that needs to be addressed. And like having homework assignments like that for children you're, you're, is dis- disturbing and disgusting. And it it like, I don't know,
0: like in it uh instills a sense of um, how would you put it a sense of like not my problem in young kids, you know what I mean, but not only that you're like they're they were telling them to go find the positives, well, yeah, that's what i mean in in the sense of like you're looking if you're looking at the positives, no one's going to. Those kids aren't going, you know, people, when kids are learning from their teachers, especially, they yeah. assume that what they're being taught is right. factual. Accurate. And the <laughs> so if you're being taught as a kid and your parents aren't, aren't talking about those issues, that's going to be your knowledge. And it basically starts and ends at, we had residential schools. Here were some good things that happened about them. Let's move on. And that's that, which is not okay.
1: Uh, yeah. Not okay is an understatement. Like.
0: Yeah, I mean, the school curriculum in general just needs to be overhauled. And I think mm-hmm. while there are a lot of good teachers, there's also a lot of bad teachers and there's a lot of good teachers who don't have the resources to be able to do what they need to do. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole like education system is fractured (laughs) yeah
1: um yeah but specifically with with this context of the podcast today it just like i I don't know like go ahead yeah we would encourage you to
0: look into things more um likely close to you in your area if you live in Canada there were residential schools somewhere near you um we'll provide the link obviously in the show notes as we said yeah we'll look into that um we found the Canadian Encyclopedia to be pretty useful in like finding information about specific events that happened um so, that seemed to
1: be balanced yeah like it wasn't incredibly biased yeah well I'm sure there still is a heck of a lot of bias but it also incorporated uh, a bit more of an indigenous perspective than some of the other references that we found
0: yeah technically encyclopedias are supposed to be non-biased but like I mean so are history books and look at that but they do um, the thing about the Canadian encyclopedia they do provide a lot of primary sources for indigenous, Um, works or art or um, information so they do have that option as well so that's kind of nice but uh, you know just because this is the I'm going to say unofficial end of the series as of right now we don't have anything else planned for this the Indigenous People of canada series but if there's something that maybe you think we missed or would like to be covered that is in relation to this mm-hmm. i mean there's nothing saying we can't do a part four
1: yeah and if you are if you are indigenous um or have some sort of connection to canada's indigenous culture and would like to share that with us and potentially our listeners we would we'd be so open to that we'd love to we'd love to do that definitely
0: um, and on, on that note, too, shifting a little bit, um, yeah. we will be having in in season two, we will be having some special guests, um, some people from the LGBTQ plus community and some entrepreneurs some social media queens, just
1: people. Yeah, we want again, just to expand our voice on here and host more people and different perspectives. And we want to learn about things too um, Mm -hmm. and hear about different experiences. Uh, And we'd love to share that with you guys. So if there's any topic you'd like us to cover or people you want us to try and interview, um, let us know. And if you have any
0: questions that you would be that you would like to be asked along with that person that you want uh, to be interviewed or whatever. If we can yeah. manage to make that happen, um, we will try to find someone within that community or what have you. We'll, um, yeah, but we have some things lined up that we're pretty excited about. And yeah. um, we hope that after the break, you'll tune back in and continue listen to listen to, so to our far. other, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I think that's all for this podcast. Is there anything you all, you you belt,
1: anything you have left to say? No, but thank you for tuning in, guys. If you've made it this far, we really appreciate it, and um, we also appreciate engagement. Whether you're emailing us or following us on Instagram or sharing our podcasts, whatever it is, we do really appreciate it. Um, again, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, don't oh. forget
0: to review us on Apple Podcasts. Rate right. yeah. and review.
1: Your feedback is super important to us. And yeah, we want to know where your head's at and how we can improve um, or what we're doing that you like. So, And if you do like the podcast, um, sharing it with other
0: people or even just uh, rating or reviewing it helps other people to find it, which helps us. So mm-hmm. Um, But we have a quote of the day.
1: Yes. Quote of the week.
0: Um, Okay. I think that reconciliation begins with self. There is reconciling at different levels of our being. And it's not only until we connect with ourselves at those levels, whether it's emotionally, spiritually, physically, or intellectually, that we can also move into other spaces of reconciliation. So this was from the Banth. BAMF Center for Truth and Reconciliation Summit um, the, by Jackie Ottman, Calgary and Fishing Lake First Nations from Saskatchewan. Um, they were a participant there. So, yes. Thank Enjoy you so much. Week. Enjoy your week and thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we hope Bye. you have an awesome time.
1: <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>